It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and with me, as per usual, Aaron Flottam. Hey, John, what's going on, man? Exciting times, exciting times. This is the thing where, like, I've said this on Twitter several times, and I've probably said it on the show, too. The, The number of people who are like, man, being a Wisconsin sports fan is just constant heartbreak. You're like, no, no, I don't understand you people. And it's always like some like 25 year old kid and you're like and you don't know heartbreak heartbreak is not seeing the playoffs till you were in high school like that's heartbreak like (laughs) what these are the golden ages like i have i have now watched the bucks in a in two eastern conference finals in my no three in my lifetime three in my lifetime two of them in the last three years one one nba finals ever for in my lifetime because the last one i was not there for my dad was a junior in high school so, you know, it's like that's that that's where we're at here. And and the Packers have been to back-to-back NFC Championship games. That's not heartbreak. You're one of the four best teams. I would have killed for that. 13-year-old Jonathan Barnett would have killed for mm-hmm. that. Um 10-year-old Barnett watching these garbage teams watching, we had. Watching like, Ke- watching Keith Woodside off the right side getting stomped for negative 2 yards. The earliest game I really remember being at, remembering the game, was the last game Randy Wright played for the Packers um, because it was a preseason game back when they had preseason games at um, at Camp Randall. Randall. They had a, one preseason game at Camp Randall every year. It was, it, I believe that one was the one that was the Shriners game. Uh, and I used to go to that one every year with my grandparents and my folks and everything. And that was, yeah, I saw the one where Don Mikowski came back in that uh the second half and just really lit it up and they're like you know what randy there's the door thanks a lot you know (laughs) and that was that was kind of it and it was like wow so you guys don't know pain if you have if you didn't watch the 90s packers like we had we had the the greatest early 90s 30 years in the packer fans no late 80s was the mikowski saga one year it lasted one year we're the cardiac pack. Yeah, the cardiac pack where they went ten and six but missed the playoffs. Playoffs. And it was, you know, like because the Vikings were ten and six and had tiebreaker and the Packers just didn't go to the playoffs that year. Just didn't go. There was nothing. And that was as close as we got in forever. I remember it, th- there and was then the peer- next quarterback that got us in the playoffs was Brett Favre. So there you go. I remember getting excited for the Packers signing Reggie Cobb. Because at one point Reggie Cobb had rushed for a thousand yards, and no running back in my lifetime for the for the Packers had done that. You know, like, turd <laughs> L Middleton, turd L. He was good, but I mean, like nobody since then, like just right. unbelievable sorts of, of collections of things going on there, and just like just just couldn't deal with those things. So, so everybody, we are yeah. living in the golden age of Wisconsin sports in my lifetime now. Yeah. I, you know, like I have seen how many Big Ten championships for the Badgers. And you're like, oh, we lost one in the the title game. And like, then you won the Cotton Bowl. So I mean, come on, guys, like get over it a little bit. The idea of 1988 Jonathan Barnett watching, uh, or 1990, I guess one big year where um, we were playing Northwestern to see which one of us was the worst team in the Big Ten when the Big Ten right. meant ten teams. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I don't is that why it's that. called that? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize. No, you're right. You're wearing the golden age too, because and and so after decades of the Brewers being subpar at best, losing hundreds of games at the turn of the century. <laughs> here, no, the Reggie Sexton yeah. years, the yeah. the 106 loss Richie, teams, yeah. right? And you know, by that point, we'd already moved back into a winning tradition with the Packers. Of course, Brett Favre was still the quarterback then. Had a Super Bowl, had a Super Bowl loss. We're in the playoffs every year, minus the one Ray Road year with the eight and eight. We were on a on a winning streak with the Packers. Then the Brewers start turning it around during the JJ Hardy days, you know. Yeah. And there was some lean years for the Packers in the early two thousands. I, I think we went four and twelve one year, Missed and then the playoffs twice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starter, we were six and ten. But people forget that, John. 
they I, they think that Aaron Rodgers started just winning, being fifteen yeah. and one his first. But uh, anyways, and of course the Packers win in the Super Bowl. The Brewers come into their own. We have the JJ Hardy, Prince Fielder, Ryan Braun days. Ricky, you know, Ricky and they come Weeks, back to yeah. relevance, and, and they've been relevant since then. They've had a couple sketchy years, but yeah. not no no ninety lost seasons. I don't think. Maybe an eighty loss season here and there. Maybe they had one ninety loss season. Yeah, but I think they did. Basically, but I mean, like that's the thing. Was, in in the time when we Anna, were when we were young men, like the Brewers yeah. were the one shining thing left because we had Yount and Molitor and Deer and Gantner. And you're like, okay, and this team can kind of win. Yeah, that late. was like ninety one, ninety two, though. I mean, that was yeah. so long and that, ago, and that's then, when it kind of stopped. And that's when the Packers and the the um, Badgers started taking off in football. And that's yeah. you know. I mean, and, and, and the Brewers on been, top of that. In, in the in the Anastasio years too, the Brewers have been super relevant re- recently. Here, they're you know even last year in the bubble, they made the playoffs with a losing record, but still relevant. Like they made the playoffs again, and so the Brewers, you know, you get a little bit spoiled with that. Plus, a, plus the ni- one of the nicest stadiums at baseball, great fan base, great atmosphere. Like it's a fun place to go. So the one team that we had left to pick up and go. Now the '80s Bucks were really good, but they always got tromped on by the the Celtics. We had the one run with uh, Glenn Glenn Robinson. When was that? Late nineties with him and Ray Allen. Uh, yeah, it was him, Ray Allen, and uh, Sam Cassell, and uh, oh shoot, um, Vin Baker. Vin Baker, and they made the, the Eastern Conference Finals and got trounced up by Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, yeah, seventy sixers, and then just went into in to complete irrelevancy for. Yeah. more than a decade but here we are the, the we baby are. brother team of the three sports that we have to cheer for in pro sports hopefully will break the horcrux that is over top of wisconsin sports <laughs> championships I, i've heard it said that way yeah so let's start I, talking I about it. that right away i saw that on twitter the other day I and i was like god i love that word <laughs> yeah, yeah the horcrux all right let's start talking about that let's see if we can get that going and let's keep some positivity here we're going to get it rolling into what we like to call the main event Starting things off with the main event. All right, Aaron. Main event is Bucks. I mean, right we're gonna we're gonna Brewers later, but but Bucks are, are are the story. This is that game five. I I mean, I I was I was at the point of quitting. Like they were down thirty two to sixteen. They were doubled up yeah. in the first quarter. It was. It I was, was up on the floor. It was just, I, I mean, I was like, hopefully they come back home and get six so we can get to a seven. We'll see what they do. But man, that second quarter just, it, it, it was unbelievable to watch the turnaround. I mean, t- to be down by 16 and then lead at half. That's yeah. like, it's like the largest comeback since, what did they say, 88 or something like 98. It's been forever since anybody's yeah. ever done anything like that. Um, just, it started off really slowly. They did that kind of dribble in and kind of get stuck thing a couple times. Then they really started. I mean, the biggest thing has been the big turnaround of these three games uh, in a row here, you know, knock on wood. Uh, the defense has been incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, in this regard, they're getting a lot of steals and they're getting a lot of just, uh, just forcing some turnovers and they're getting the rebounds. Uh, the offensive rebounding has also been probably the other biggest story in this. And it's not the the thing that they're going to show on SportsCenter. It's not the the fun thing to show. But, man, the offensive rebounding, because, I mean, the, the Suns are out shooting the Bucs. No, it's, uh, it's it's something to be said, you know, that second quarter. Yeah, so the Bucs get outscored 37-21 the first quarter, and you're like, nah, oh, well. It, no, it was, you know, thanks for the memories, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of did follow Boy and Sinatra together there. Um, so yeah, and they come back and score 43 to 24 to go into the half with a one point lead. And I, I was talking to a friend of the show, uh, Bucksy's a ticket holder, uh, Pete Owen about this, um, about what game five was and how deflating ha- does it have to be for the Suns to what was their field goal percentage? I, I have the box in front of me, but not the it was something I, like 50%. Split, they okay. shot like 60% from the field. Yeah. They're, they're scored. Killing him. jumped out to jumped out to a sixteen point lead at the end of the first, and somehow, and Giannis couldn't shoot a free throw to save his life, and somehow, <laughs> still lost at home. How defeating is how deflating is that to your team? 
Like that was you just gave it your you just gave it your all. CP3, who's obviously playing hurt, still had meaningful minutes. Devin Booker's out there just absolutely drilling everything that's out there. They aren't missing as a team. Jay Crowder is the second coming of Dale Ellis, nailing Dale threes Ellis. from all over the course. <laughs> yeah, Dale Ellis reference right there, kids. Going hard. And I mean, yeah, and so you got that, and then yeah, you know, just the the Bucks, the hardest working team in basketball, man. They just don't quit. And it's you know, it is the turnovers, it's the offensive rebounding. The Phoenix, we're we're lucky Phoenix is making more dumb turnovers than the Bucks are at this point. Um, well, and some of them were just big hustle turnovers because obviously the biggest turnover right. of the game right. was Drew Holiday turning around and I mean he's guarding Paul on that play and he sees Booker get into trouble because Booker just walks himself into a double team. He turns around and then Drew Hall just reaches out and grabs him. There's a great still shot of it. It looks like Booker is crying already halfway through the steal. Like it's not even all like it's just coming out and he's like, and that's how it sounds. That's what he sounds like. Um, Has anybody. Well, yeah. And then that play ends with Chris Paul just hitting Giannis right in the belt, basically. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not as mad as some people are because some people are really mad. They're like, that's super dirty, this and that. Honestly, earlier in the game, Giannis kind of did that to Booker. Uh, he mm-hmm. came higher. He came much higher because he's way taller, for one thing. Right. But, I mean, it looked like he was trying to poke a steal out of there, and he knew he couldn't quite get there. He's lucky that that wasn't a flagrant. They're lucky Chris Paul's wasn't a flagrant. But... Mm-hmm. I'm not it's as mad as some people street. because no, Giannis was just trying to make him not make that shot. He was okay with following right. him if he could, and he didn't. He didn't stop him from making the shot. One hundred percent correct. Thank you for bringing that up because that did actually dawn on me. Like as because they were like that was dirty on Chris Paul. Not only that, but I mean, it's almost like the pass interference by the D back when he is burned for a seventy-six yard touchdown, and the dudes passed him, and he just drags him down because he doesn't want the touchdown to happen because right. you know he'd rather take the spot foul instead chris paul what the heck is he going to do there is a large yeah. seven foot man fly seven foot tall russell wisbrook flying through the air to catch a ball that's 13 feet in the air or 13 feet high and slam it down and what are you going to do you're trying to win a championship and you sit there and you yeah. say um you i can follow him maybe he'll miss the shot he'll shoot free throws but i'm okay with Giannis shooting free throws Right, and that's exactly what he's doing. Chris Paul's a very Chris Paul's a very smart player. Like, and I have no qualms with him. Devin Booker, on the other hand, he's he's in the flop, the floppy bopsy game now, along with uh, James Harden. But uh, yeah, no, he CP3, has won, yeah. It's probably just because I'm watching him more now. Like watching mm-hmm. him in the first, because I did watch the, the Western Conference a bit. Um, watching him coming through the Western Conference, I didn't have as much you know, kind of feeling that he was doing anything like this, but. It, Every time I put up something, I get like five Utah fans who are like, yep. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> this has been all year. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, he cries every time he fouls. Suns aren't, in the final, Suns aren't in the finals without Chris Paul. So, No. Uh, but, man, Booker is the only one scoring on that team right now. Uh, what he end with? Um, I'm trying to pull slide down here. He ends with 40. Aiton gets mm-hmm. 20. Um, Booker, Paul, and Aiton all you know, getting foul troubles there. I mean, Booker has five officially. <laughs> uh, Paul has five, and Aiton gets four. Uh, that's rough. Booker, my goodness, do they not want him out of a game? <laughs> just yeah, no. I, I mean, there was he a couple bear hugged him. Blatant fouls. Yeah, that yeah. He hugged Chris uh, Christensen on a layup, yeah. right? Is yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, he's got his armor on his back, and then reaches all the way to the other side. He almost touches his other hand. He's so his right. arms are so far around him, and some people are like, "You're such a casual." That's not a foul. Like, his arms are wrapped around him. That him. that's a foul. Like, come on, well, man. Not, <laughs> like I'm not a casual. Like yeah. Not like that, but uh, oh, who's doing color on the games? Not Van Gundy. Who's the other one? Um, I I try not to listen to them too much. <laughs> just anyway, trying to watch the game. Yeah, but and they're, I'm just both, but they're even time. like they're even like uh, that's a foul. That's obviously oh, yeah, a they, foul. Like, yeah, I mean they're just like holy smokes! That. Like how is that not a? Um, but I heard a great take today. Uh, now that you're talking about uh, Booker getting forty, and uh, I can't remember if it was Drew and KD or if it was Grant Bills off the Wisco Sports Show. Um, one of the two of them said, "It's interesting that." 
you know, Coach Bud comes from the Popovich tree, right? Popovich oh, okay. used to beat the Suns all the time by guarding everybody except for Steve Nash and just letting Steve Nash get <laughs> as many points as he wanted and do whatever Steve Nash wants to do and just locking up everybody else. Hmm. And that's 100% true. And it's weird that Bud's kind of doing that with... Uh, they basically have made a conscious decision to lock down to lock down Chris Paul. Yeah, it's like the opposite. So they're making sure it's it makes sure, got him down. Right, and make sure that Bridges and Crowder aren't getting theirs. You know, Crowder was a lot less active. He had some threes, don't get me wrong. He played he's, 40 minutes in that game, and he, yeah, he, two of four from three. He's pesky, but he only scored 10 points. He yep. didn't make go six for seven from three. That's not going to happen again in this series. Um, you know, and I think the I think the Bucks are pretty okay with letting Booker score forty points as long as they keep everybody else in check. So I mean, we also, as long as you, as long as you don't let Johnson get in the game and make a big stink like he did a couple games ago, and yeah, as long as you, you keep Bridges in check too, you know. And Aiton is a nice player; he's a good player. Like that guy's got a good future at the five, but he's not going to beat you by himself. He's a third fiddle on this team. So, I mean, yeah, it was a good take. I thought it was a real good take with the uh, yeah. Pop- Popovich comparison. So, Well, and here's the thing you get hope kind of watching this is you're like, the Suns kind of did a lot of what they wanted to do. They outshot the Bucks, They forced Giannis into free throws. And then when Giannis shot free throws, he was 4 of 11. But the biggest thing is, yeah, just these, the, the rebounds, uh, offensive rebounds. Bucks ended up with 11, and there's 8 for the, the Suns. Just yeah, the, the Bucks managed to find ways to take more total shots, and some of it's turnovers, and some of it's rebounding, because just right. like the Bucks as a team, we'll see. Man, this is this is painful to look at, but like the Suns are thirteen of nineteen from three in that game. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, what? Um, I don't know how you lose that game. That game shooting sixty eight point four percent from three so they're um, fi- they 55 from the field 68 from three and 90 from the free throw line the the bucks were 57 from the field 58 from the field which is good uh 50 from three-point land which is good and 50 percent from free throws which is not good it's not good <laughs> but but they were outshot in each of those well i guess they, they slightly beat them in the overall field goal percentage but not i mean yeah. geez same amount of same amount of total field goals they shot nine more three-pointers than the Suns did, made only one more, and shot eight more uh, free throws, but only made one, made one less. less. So, and total rebounds was 37-35, but the Bucks had 11 offensive rebounds to the Suns' eight. So, I mean, it's really not that big of a discrepancy even. Like, if you go down the stat line, there's not that many big discrepancies. Well, so, man, and they actually, the Suns have more steals. I was just trying to say, like, the steals seem to be more important for the Bucks. I don't know if yeah. just the transition points worked better for them, but it's nine it's steals to seven. Um, the Suns had the advantage. I mean, Drew Holiday had three steals in this game. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the, yeah. uh, if you go down the list, uh, total total rebounds, 37, buck, I'll say Bucks first, Suns second, 37, 35, offensive 11, 8, assists 26, 23, blocks, Bucks one, Suns five. That's the biggest discrepancy out of any of these. Seven, nine, 11, 8, points in the paint. 4652. So I mean like the Suns outscored the Bucks in the paint in this yeah. game. Yeah, and that's just it's kind of hard to just look at straight numbers and see how the Bucks won this, but it's just like they they managed to find every specific moment. If you know what I mean, like they, they were there mm-hmm. you know when they needed that one shot, it turned into a steal. When the Suns got a block, Several times it turned into the Bucks getting it back. You know, just it didn't really matter that much because they blocked one shot, well, but we shot another one. Well, at the end of the game, when Giannis missed two th- free throws and one of them bounced right back out to me, <laughs> threw it to Chris Middleton, who then promptly got fouled. Which and is the greatest shade. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> the greatest shade ever by, by Chris Paul, who's like, man, everybody expects him to miss his free throws. Even him, that's how he that's how he gets the rebound on that. You're like, <laughs> come on. Uh <laughs> I like it. But uh I mean 
It, it, a lot. I mean, the the pick, the play by the big three was unbelievable. All of them had over forty minutes. Chris Middleton played almost the whole game. Yep. Um, yeah, forty four minutes. He, I, I wish he could start off hot. I I swear, Chris. He's Chris Middleton well, reminds me of Brett Favre. He needs to get sacked once before he starts playing just well. Just got to get hit. You know. Yeah, well, he just got. To, he needs to get hit once, and then he's fine. And Chris was getting emotional in this game too. That was another thing I noticed. Like mm-hmm. he got knocked down a couple times and was barking at the refs, which he doesn't do. He, and you can tell he was getting into it. So he got that one where he he just dropped to the ground, you know. And I'll say like he played that one a little bit. I think now uh, he got hit in the yeah. ear, like he definitely mm-hmm. got hit in the ear, but he fell. And at one point, it looked like he was grabbing at his eye, which is not what was hit, yeah. but it was. I mean, he was hit across the head, I guess. So, but it was—it seemed a little bit much. But either way, I'm more hopeful. Looking forward and looking forward to this, going back home. Like this is the game. I was like, I didn't think we talked about this last week. I didn't think the Bucks were going to beat the Suns in this one. I thought, you know, we'll win again at home. We were going to go out to, and I was like, this is going to be a seven-game series because we're each just going to stay win at home because the atmospheres have been so good. Um, in terms of. <laughs> Other than the the hundred dollar dude, um, just counting out hundred. I don't know even know why, but that was the weirdest thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, did you did you see the meme that it was changed into today with Cole's cash or? Yeah, they put they put a cheese hat on him and he was counting out Cole's cash instead. Yeah, I, yeah. I shared that one too, but I saw one where when he starts pulling them out, they've got L's over the top of the hundred dollar bills, like he's yeah. counting out L's. I was like, that's so yeah. funny. Awesome. Like your team better win. You start doing garbage like that, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, he's going to be a meme of this series just for the history of history. Um, but yeah, that fan base. I mean, like they're they were very loud. They're very excitable. They're doing what a fan base should do to help their team win. They were very much behind their mm-hmm. team. Um, I guess the one thing is like they seem kind of douchey. Um, not trying to be yeah, super yeah. mean, but like it's a very weird kind of mode. They're, they're kind of yelling at other teams and stuff, and it's. I don't know. I mean, like, just the Bucks game looks like just a ton of fun, and Suns games looks like just yelling at other people. And I don't know. Well, Milwaukee, but Milwaukee they is a do. town full of people that have been here forever. Like, Milwaukee is not a transient city. Phoenix is a, a very transient city. Yeah, it's, that is one they, difference. Is, they don't have a lot of old population there. Well, they have a lot of old people living there. They're not the, going those to the are snowbirds. Yeah, they don't go to the games. So, hey, before we step off this one, too, um, yeah. I, I wanted to bring up, too, that... Uh, uh, Pat Connington should shoot oh, yeah. all the threes for the box. Oh Out, man! Outside of, outside of Middleton and Holiday, Connington shoots all the threes because he doesn't miss them. Oh yeah, he's... he has been he has been a monster. He has been a great side addition throughout these whole. Like he's His... played really well. He's had some dashing rebounds. Like when he's the only person on the box rebounding, uh, he's amazing. Uh, Bobby Portis. I love him. He brings the energy, um, and it, he's been a great piece. Uh, Jeff Teague should not see the floor anymore during this series. <laughs> he looked. He did and, very well in the Atlanta series. Um, he did, he but uh, he, when everything else was going right in the second period, he was not. And at the end of the first, he was not. And then um, I was talking to Owens about or Owen about this this morning too. Was that uh, um, Giannis for all of his free free throw shooting while was. Um, if you've heard him talk this last week, waxing poetic about what ego is and, you know, just hearing him talk, this dude's on another level right now. He's somewhere else. Yeah. And, and, and he has two of the most iconic plays now in NBA finals history in two games in a row towards the end of the, towards the end of the game, the block on DeAndre Ayton in game five or game four. Which was ridiculous. The one the step, solar eclipse. step, 14 <laughs> feet in the air, block, clean block too. Yeah. And then the dunk. And, and to be clear, I mean, these are what he's talking about, everybody, is the solar eclipse and the valley oop. Because yeah. they have <laughs> exactly. names already. They've already been given yeah, I names. I know. I prefer I prefer the block and the dunk, though. Like, honest to God, because yeah. that's what they were. Like... And if if you just stop and look at that play for a second, from how far away out it was, I mean, Chris or uh, Drew Holiday was asked, "Were you afraid you'd throw it too high?" His response was, "They don't call him <laughs> the freak for nothing." Yep, that's yeah. a good response. I mean, that dude was four feet behind the backboard when all went through the hoop. Yeah, he was it so was... stretched out on that one. He was running full speed. Um, he was sprinting 
the length of the court on that alley oop. Like he was moving four four forty when he caught well, that thing midair. And and Drew Holiday, you can see him on the replay. That one that's kind of behind the basket to the left of the basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one replay, when you watch, you can see Drew Holiday's eyes. He kind of looks down. Then you can see he looks at the clock, and then you can see he kind of pulls up and and goes off to his left. And you can see he sees Giannis, and he's like, "Oh, here we go," because there was not much time left. They they almost could have dribbled it out. He could have gone and waited for them to foul him because it was a one point game. And then he went in and and played for that, and yeah, and that just, I mean, what what a what a dagger that was. Um, it was questionable in the split second that the ball's in the air. You're like, "Oh no, what?" But. You know, Giannis up there, you, you, you got to trust that, I think. And that where he was and just the feel he had through that whole second half, this was a, it felt like destiny to make that. And just, just incredible play, just incredible all around. Um, in, in it's, the, it's, it sucked the life out of the game, too. Yeah, it was, and it was over. A, a great and, and it was aggressive and it was a low percentage play. But if you hit that, you win. And they did. And, yeah. you know, the, the, the comparison was brought up to as, as, as Wisconsin fans, the majority of our postseason success belongs with the Packers. The Brewers, a lot of their postseason failures are just because they go up against teams they're not matched up real well against because <laughs> yeah. the Brewers are working with less talent and more pride, you know, and the talent wins. When you run into the Los Angeles Dodgers, that's that's a hard, you know, yeah. they're not equal For seven leads. straight like, games, yeah. NBA and NFL have salary caps. Baseball doesn't. So anyway, so... But a lot of what happens is the reason why we're the way we are as Wisconsin fans is because for so many years in the McCarthy era, and now just last year with Lafleur kicking the field goal, um, it, it's a non-aggressive play. It's the safe play, and then you lose. People forget in that Seattle game before Brian Bostic botched the onside kick, there was a play where uh, what's his name intercepted. Who intercepted the ball with five minutes left? It was Woodson. Right? Not Woodson. No. Um, oh. I'm not thinking about it the, right now. In, in, the, in the 28-22 Seattle game. Um, yeah, and you went down, and that was what everyone's like, yeah. Because Julius Peppers was telling him to get down because there was five minutes left in the game. Get down, get down, get down. With Julius Peppers, when it turned around and put a seal block on the only Seattle player between him and the end zone, there was a chance that he was going to score or at least get down to within field goal range. You know? Like, like. Instead, they just went to a knee with five minutes left. And that is the safe play. That is the conservative play. Hey, it's good for once, as Wisconsin fans, to have (laughs) two dudes decide, hey, let's put this one to bed right now. Let's just, let's do it. Let's, and and there wasn't a single Wisconsin fan, except for, you know, maybe those who are in wheelchairs, that, and they were probably off the ground too. I was two feet up in the air, jumping up and down in my house. <laughs> Even Holly was into the game at that point. That play was something else. And you knew right then and there when it happened, even though he went to the line and missed the field goal, free throw, and then there was still, what, two minutes left in the game at that point, minute and a half left in the game. You knew the Bucks were going to win. Oh, you I just mean, there were did. seconds left in the game after that one. Yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, that was right at the end there. So, yeah, that was going to go all the way to the end of this one here just to kind of see how much time there actually was when that happened. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he made the makes the one foot dunk assist. There was th- 13.5 seconds when that happened. Oh, is that all that was left in the game? Yeah. Oh, Giannis okay, missed the free throw, rebound. Offensive rebound, Booker fouled Middleton. Middleton missed one, then made one. And that's the thing. Okay. Um, the Bucks are 5-0 and when Chris Middleton makes 30 points. And he yeah. only didn't get 30 because he didn't make both the free throws at the end. <laughs> right. He made one of two at the end. Otherwise, he would have had 30. He finished with 29 instead. That's, that's right. Middleton's second free throw made it a four-point game instead of a three-point game. But yep. either way, I, I like the aggressiveness of it. It's great. Yeah. No. I... I, I I'll say what you like. It's we all had number of problems with um, uh, Bielema, but I'll say this: mm-hmm. what I always appreciate about Bielema is if he could get the ball at the end of the half and bury you, he did. Every time he could try it, he would try it. Um, and he tried to end the game at halftime if he could do it. He tried to bury you and make you make you like, well, let's just try to make this you know look competitive. 
because anytime he could, he was gonna he was gonna use his timeouts to get the ball back, no matter how much time was left, because he wanted it, because he felt like he could he could put something else down on you there. And that was cool it's to see. Good. And McCarthy it's didn't Bel- do that. This Belichick ball, Belichick yeah. always tried to score before the half, one way or another, and try and get the second half kickoff. Because yeah. McCarthy tried that, but he wouldn't really force the issue in the way that like Bielema did. And I I don't really see Chris does it some, but not to the same extent that the that Brett Bielema did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking of coaches, though, too, I think uh, regardless of what happens here on out, um, Coach Bud needs to be given a letter of apology from a lot of people because <laughs> he's done, he, he did some, he, he's done some heck of coaching so far in this uh, finals after game one and two. So, yeah, well, let's, let's he's see. been putting the right, in, in, in the fact that he's been putting the right personnel on the floor at the right times, I think, minus Jeff Teague last game. <laughs> works out in the end for the most part um i guess the one big thing is like looking ahead now i mean we got a game tomorrow like we're in this weird situation for you and me this year where you know we don't have a baseball game or a basketball game or something else going on right now there's nothing on know, today weird. so normally you and i are watching a game or the brewer game or something's going on while we're doing this and we're keeping our eye on things there's nothing going on tonight monday night no. tomorrow night though in Milwaukee, uh, Pfizer Forum, Deer District. <laughs> Do you think they close this out? Um, I don't know. Um, M- Milwaukee. Uh, what what does that mean? The good land, Milwaukee. The good land. That's right, Milwaukee. The good land. Yeah. Does this, this guy know how to party or what? For first socialist mayor in America. Anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, um, yes, I do. Um, sorry, that was, I was trying to come up with, a, I was trying to come up with a line from Wayne's world. Um, I, I, I only think, I only think so not, you know, I, I, it bugs me because I am a Wisconsin fan, but like hearing people talking about parades and stuff like that and how great is it going to be when the Bucks win this thing, you know, like positive thinking, which as Wisconsin fans, we're not allowed to do. We're, we're, not allowed to have, we're not allowed to have positive thought because anytime we think something good is going to happen, it doesn't happen. You gotta and, sit there and just knock but, on wood but, all all night long. Now everybody, just knock on wood because but, 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 don't but you say know what? The, the, the Bucks were dead in Game Five against the Nets yeah. when Kevin Durant buried that three, and they ended up winning that game. And or was it Game Five or what, Game Six? Whatever it was, the game I was at. You know, the Bucks have been the Bucks have been on life support numerous times in this yeah. playoff run so far, They've, especially against the Nets. The Nets was a very tough series, and they shouldn't have won that series, and they did. Mm-hmm. Um, they and injuries, whatever, and whatnot. And then Atlanta, they overcame the loss of their star to get through that one in six games. Yeah, and um, they've got they've come through. They've they've come above bad bad shooting nights by Chris by Drew Holiday. What was he five for twenty five that one night? Just something, something ridiculous. Something they, he hadn't I mean, done much. You know, they started off the series two and zero and two against you know, uh, and that was with one game with Giannis playing out of his mind, slapping the floor, trying to motivate his team, and they couldn't. The man who had, was coming off a terrible knee injury and is out there doing amazing things. Um, this team is motivated. This team's tough. Phoenix looks really winded. They look gassed. They're. Their 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 sole inspiration, Chris Paul, is beat up and gassed and making bad plays because there's something wrong. Booker, they're just going to let him get his forty. And I honestly, in my heart of hearts, without and this is not Wisconsin bias in any way, shape, or form, I really think that the Bucks are that they have the momentum. The Phoenix Suns threw everything they had at them last game. Everything. They threw they weren't missing shots. They're shooting almost sixty percent from three. They're shooting ninety percent from the free throw line. They're winning in almost every statistical category, including in the paint against a much bigger Bucks team. And they still lose at home in dramatic fashion after about sixteen in the first. Yeah. I mean, these guys are having to and they're having to work hard. I'm not saying the Bucks aren't working hard. But they are making Booker and Paul and Aiton and these other players work their butts off. Mm-hmm. 
Booker Booker as much yeah. shot as many shots as I'll take. The kid plays hard. He plays really hard. Yeah, I mean and his you, talent is incredibly and, good. I wish he'd rest and, on that. Yeah, and so and so, but at the same time, he's burning himself out. And they've had and the Suns have had to burn themselves out. And I don't think anybody in the West was as physical as the Bucks are. You know, so I, don't know. I, I honestly believe in my heart of hearts it gets done tomorrow night, and then they have to build a statue of. Uh, Brandon Jennings outside of <laughs> Pfizer when, they, when the Bucks win in six. Everyone's saying they so, got to get him to the game because if you don't know that story, I mean, like that's back when they were playing Miami when Miami was you know the big three of Miami, and yeah. you know they were not they were they were the eighth seed that year, right? And then the, yeah. they come in, they're like Jennings, what are you expecting here? He's like, well, you know, I think we're gonna have Bucks in six. Well, they got swept. And people are like, yeah. what do you have to say about that? He's like, well, what do you want me to say? We're going to lose? You want me to say we're going to get swept? Like, no, I believe we're going to win games. Like, that's the mentality yeah. around here. Bucks and six is the mentality. And I was like, and, and everybody has really grasped that's onto fair. that. That's why they're chanting it. If you haven't heard that, um, that's why they're chanting Bucks and six. Um, and Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. And Bobby. <laughs> All right, Bobby. Come on, yeah. Bobby. No, but I don't know about that boy. There's a great... Um, I don't remember the comedian, but he was he was talking about this like first baseman or first uh, base coach thing, and he's like they're cheering, and one of the things he's like he just sits there, and Bobby Bonilla's coming up, and all he does is sit there, like come on, Bobby, let's go, Bobby, and that's what I think of with that. <laughs> come on, Bobby, but well, Bobby, the, 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 the Bobby 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 T-shirt where it's just the headband yeah. and then says Bobby Bobby, you can't buy that. It's gone. <laughs> yep. I tried to get it out of the uh, uh, on the pro shop today, and it said by the time I could get my order through, it was like, "Oh, sorry, no more extra larges left." And I'm like, "Well, yeah. shoot." <laughs> yeah. I just, I mean, I think you're right. The the momentum thing is huge for for the Bucks at this point. The other thing is like, I didn't think the Bucks were going to be able to win on the road with the Suns because that atmosphere is electric, and they definitely play off well with their fans like you know they play I'll tell you what they better win tomorrow night because i don't think they're gonna win a second one in phoenix i don't i think that would be hard too so i think that the bucks kind of know where they are um and i know the suns are against the wall now but i mean that playing in front of that atmosphere with that crowd i mean that city is going to explode if they win it uh tomorrow night and it's just going to be it's going to be a crazy thing going on and, and it's just and they they shoot better at home. Sorry, good. I said sorry, they, they they shoot better at home. Um, Middleton tends to get off to faster starts at home. I think we'll see more from Drew Holiday. I think we'll see just just that energy. Like Bobby Portis is better at home. He just yeah, I he mean is. like him. Oh, he feeds and, off the crowd, right? Because yeah. he's he's a big energy guy. So having Bobby and Middleton are two guys who play way better at home. Um, there's a considerable difference. Like they were talking about the full time when we were getting ready to watch that game. That's what the pregame was all about. Was Middleton shoots significantly worse when he's on the road, and he had a 29 point game and played very well. But let's get him at home. Like I think the Bucks have the ability to do that. I mean, it, it's not a lock. There's no way it's a lock because they almost lost game no. four. <laughs> they needed to really no, no. fight for that one, but. There's, there's no locks at all. Like I, I'm, yeah, we were, I, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. I only refer to Pete as much as I do because he is the, the expert that I talk. He's the season ticket holder. And like we talked about, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The Bucks still lose the series. Like yeah. it's, it's not, but it would be huge for a city like Milwaukee. That's never had a championship one in the city limits. Um, when the 57 Braves won the world series, when they were the Milwaukee Braves, that was one um, on the road. Mm-hmm. When the Marquette um, Golden Eagles, which would have been the Warriors, were the at Warriors the time, back right? then, yeah, yeah, they, they won wherever the national championship was. The seventy-one Bucks won on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brewers have never won a World Series, nope. um, and so outside of the Milwaukee Wave, which was a Major League Soccer team, mm-hmm. they've never had a franchise win in town, you know. And so the yeah. Badgers have won stuff. The Packers win stuff, but the Lombardi Trophy doesn't reside in Milwaukee. No. This would be his first ever championship won in town. And how great would it be if they won it in town and not in Phoenix? You know? So, and, and I think the that's Deer the only District, way they win it. They already, they already thought, the, the Sentinel put out today that the Deer District is going to be expanded to 65,000 people tomorrow, what which is an you? insane number. I mean, yeah. that's almost 100,000 people between who's inside and outside. Yeah. Oh, wow, um, that's, that's going to be incredible. 
it's going to be an insane atmosphere. Um, they might uh, knock the third ward into Lake Michigan. I mean, <laughs> it'll be interesting. I think the Bucks just they have the momentum. The fact that they went in down 16 on the road and didn't start thinking about going home and trying to get to game seven. This team's got something going very well for them. I think that to a certain extent, the Suns have been very good at front running with a lot of teams. I think Booker's kind of mentally fragile. Um, I mean, he still shot 50%, but he took 33 shots uh, in that game. I mean, he's he's got more shots than Paul and Nathan combined. Uh, so it's well, you, you almost you almost get this feeling that the Bucks are almost like in a Zen state now. Their superstar is this tall, lovable, off the court. Whenever he said the other night, he's like, uh, when they won, he's like, well, now we can get back home and get to our families. Like yeah. that's what Rest that the was body. the first thing you mentioned. Talking about tinkling, you know, like egos, <laughs> ego, ego is what happens behind you. I'm not worried about what's behind me. He's wired different. That's why he is the way he is, and he is a good person and a good teammate and the other stars on the team, Middleton and holiday Middleton's stoic as ever. Like that dude, like watching him get mad the other night, that was the first emotion. Ever. And then Middleton and then holiday too. He, and, and Lopez and the whole team, Bobby Portis is the only one who gets lit. <laughs> like everybody else is so <laughs> even keeled and just so, so, Giannis has just, the mean mug going on when he gets gets he rolling. He has the mean mug, and he furls his nose up and stuff like that. But everyone still, it's just, it's yeah, the, the nose furl. But like, it's the, when the yeah. leaders of your team yeah. are all business, and they are all business. You can just tell. Yeah, they smile and laugh in the post game and stuff like that. But they're yeah. they're all well, business, man. And, and they're, they're, when you look at other, and you, there's no lightning rods. I mean, the only lightning rod is that Giannis can't shoot free throws. I mean, nobody's going to be counting for him. Rod, on, Booker's a lightning rod, you know, like they. Yeah, and and this is like nobody's going to be counting when he's shooting his free throws at home. Booker, yeah, I mean, like this is the thing. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know about him as a leader. Like, definitely, Chris Paul has been trying to pull this team, and mm-hmm. I, I do think it's slightly funny when they keep doing. They're like. Well, yeah, I saw the teams where I did win, where things went really well, like in New Orleans when we really started rolling. And we didn't have people on the team. They were trying to sell everything away. And, you know, we didn't have real stars. So that's why I wanted to come here. I'm like, ooh, oh, you got a team full of nobodies is what you're telling me. <laughs> no, but they don't. I, for, I forgot I forgot Chris Paul was on the Pelicans. He's been on a lot of teams in the well, last couple yeah, of years. Well, they were Hornets when, when he was there. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, They've got talent. Okay. It's not mm-hmm. like they have nobody on this team. Aiton and Booker are, are stars, or at least Ryan no, stars. Absolutely. Or something. So absolutely. I mean, like it's yeah. it's not the same. I just thought it was funny he said that. But Booker, man, that guy. Every every single play, he's got something to complain about. And I mean, like that just gets in your head. Just that constant feeling. They're like, oh, I have to complain about it. Oh, this is something wrong too. Oh, this is going wrong. Something else is going wrong. And, and it's just like the feeling on it that sideline there that that everything is always going wrong. Right. And, and, and the thing is that that stuff works in the regular season. Yeah. And if if you notice in this finals, especially as it goes along, the refs are letting stuff go. And Booker (laughs) should know that as well as anybody. More than anybody. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, More than anybody. But I mean, like you said, they could have, they could have teed up uh, both Paul and Giannis. Yeah. They uh, could have both of them there. Saturday night for, for both of them, but they didn't because what's the point? I mean, Do you really want to? When you knew what they were doing, they weren't trying to hurt anybody. They were just trying to stop a shot and make you shoot free throws. That that's both right. of them were just doing that. So I mean, like some people are going to get super mad. Like I said, at, at Paul for that, I'm not. That's not the. Yeah, I'm not going to worry you, about. You that. call the foul. You absolutely call the foul. And but yeah. then yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't an intent to hurt them. It was obviously a flagrant foul. They, I mean, but you could, but. But in honesty, you could call any foul in under a minute when you're following to get them to the free throw line to get the ball back a flagrant foul because you normally you wouldn't grab somebody on the baseline on the yeah. opposite end of the court from your yeah, basket. I mean, right? it's, it's the person like you know that that's what they're doing. They're not trying to whatever. So yeah, it's the um, the other thing with Booker is like his post game talks are when they lose, he is just just un just unconsolable. Um, like they asked him like, well, how do you feel like? You guys are now on the brink of elimination, and I'm paraphrasing here. With like, how do you feel? You know, you know, how do you feel? You know, like if you're you're frustrated for Chris, how do you feel about that? And it's just like, 
all right, next question. Like he sat there for three seconds and then just tried to move on. Well, that's because like, he's, he's an AAU baby. Yeah. And well, Chris more. Paul is Chris Paul isn't. No. Giannis definitely Jed Giannis definitely isn't. Mm-mm. Um Chris Middleton isn't. Drew was a little bit of one, but now that he's been bounced from a couple teams and now he's around Giannis, he's not as much. Connington isn't. Brooke Lopez isn't anymore. Like, I mean, yeah. he's a big that's what they're talking about. What's his name out in Philadelphia? Um a, 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 a point guard. Um can't oh, make Simmons. shots. Ben Simmons, Simmons yeah. They're, I heard that I talked about today. Like they're they talk about trading him. They're pretty sure like he's probably not going to be traded, but the coaching staff's taking a much more hard line on him, like because he's been so babied and so consoled with all of his problems yep. all these times. Same thing with Booker. He's been babied and consoled since he was 14 years old. He's got all the talent in the world, but when things yeah. go wrong, he doesn't know how he doesn't know how to manage. If it wasn't for Chris, yeah. honestly, if it wasn't for Chris Paul, they would not be here without Chris Paul. Oh, no, for, not at all. that's one of the reasons because he's the one that can rein in that emotion. Because Absolutely. Chris Paul has been bounced all over this league. He's been one of the best point guards for the better part of a decade and a half and still doesn't have that ring. He is yeah. he is he is the Dan Marino of basketball. <sighs> like he just can't. I mean he's he's right there with Stockton. And, and I Nash, and I really. hope that he um, still stays there because I don't want him to get this ring this year. He can wait till next right. year. You know, I wish I had something for the Bucks this year. That would have yeah, been nice. But anyhow. Been all right. We're running out of time here and we do want to talk about Moving on to the other Milwaukee team here, too. You didn't tell me, are they going to win in six or seven? What is it going to be? I'm thinking six, because I don't think they can win in seven. Nope. I think if they don't don't win game six, I don't see them, after a loss, going to Phoenix and then winning. But I think they win game six. I think think it's six or bust, really, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And I'm loathe to say it. I'm going to keep knocking on wood as I go, because I just I need, <laughs> need something. Um, but we'll talk. We're moving into the, the the Brewers here for at least a little bit. The other Milwaukee team. Yeah, and we got three games out of the Brewers this last week because there was the All Star break, and I believe Burns was the the losing pitcher as the American League won it. But man, mm-hmm. um, the Brewers went into that break losing three out of four to to the Reds. So the Reds made up yeah. two games on them. You know, it's like, uh oh, here come the Reds. It's just like 2018 with the Pirates, and then people are like, oh, that didn't work out for the Pirates. <laughs> are the Reds going to yeah. make a really stupid trade for a big name pitcher <laughs> who falls apart? the future on Chris Archer, which yes. is exactly why the Pirates are the worst team in the the division right now. Is now that trade didn't work, and they traded off everything they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that is the life. Like seriously, the Pirates are the poster child for what happens to to small market teams. Like you cannot miss. And David mm-hmm. Stearns has done fairly well. I mean, in fairness, though, it seemed like he had some problems in trying to get that that one big name shortstop. And God, Adamas has been just incredible. Yeah, lock player- him. Can, can we lock him up for like eight years? Right, Player of the Week this year, this week in the uh, National League, the Player of the Week. Uh, which was a short week because there was and an now, all-star break. But and yeah, now, and not only that, it solved their third base problem too because Urias is great at third base. He's been he's been better. Um, he he'd had the one throwing error in game two. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, it was a fielding error. Uh, which which led to then the Brewers. This is the game where they went to overtime. They went to extra innings. Brewers score, then the Reds score. So then they go to the eleventh, and then the Brewers just put like let's just put three up. You know, Yelich. Mm-hmm. Um, Yelich hits the double there in the 11th, gives the Brewers the lead. It's the only run they needed, but then they got two more. Yelich then came around to score. Um, and yeah, so that that was good. I mean, Yelich in a big situation makes that hit. The next day, Yelich also drives in a, a home run. Uh, he's been hitting. Hopefully, this is the start of him kind of really seeing things. Um, that They've had some really at least timely hitting they i mean they they just knocked everything out around uh on the third mm. game on sunday uh, just yeah. just kept pushing them around and, and getting that the ball wherever i mean everybody was hitting in that game they hit around well, and yeah and yeah hit a home run that wasn't a pull ball either he had yeah. a uh one to left center so yeah. that was yeah. well it was just off center but i mean that's good to see with him that means he's seeing the ball when he's hitting it square on the screws like that so yeah and when you can put it opposite field it means you're taking it where it, it goes taking where mm-hmm. where the pitch is and not trying to force anything. But yeah, the other thing though is just like man, Corbin Burns in that Sunday game, he is two errors away from a complete game shutout. Because mm-hmm. 
Um, ball comes in. Tellez has a chance for a double play. Throws it into left field. I mean, Luis Urias uh, backs it up, so it doesn't get away too much. But and then the very next play, uh, Adamas has to chase down a ball, turns and throws wide at first. Those are two mm-hmm. outs right there. I mean, turn the double play or just get the one and then get the next one the next play. But you know that's two outs away from getting to that uh, that uh, complete game. It is the longest he's ever pitched in a game. He won eight and yeah, eight and one third. Yeah, um, but yeah, well, it was it was good. See, it was good to see. It was good to see too because he did take the loss in the All Star game and he was the NL pitcher that. The other there's two NL pitchers I got roughed up and he was one of them. Freddie Peralta struck out the sides, by the way, in case you guys missed it in the All Star yeah. game. Which was amazing, and then Narvaez <laughs> got caught in those goofy plays where the ball went. He ran only because it was a uh, wild pitch, and it skipped directly off the brick wall behind to the catcher, and the catcher threw him <laughs> out at second easily, which is not oh. fair <laughs> to Narvaez. But after legging out an infield single, which Narvaez is in the fleetest of foot, no, so yeah, and then he almost had a stolen base, but uh, yeah, fluke play. But no, it was good to see Corbin Burns and uh, coming out of the All Star break like that. And like we always said, you know, we talked about in the pregame, you know, Brewer dragging that anchor into the All Star gate and then All Star break and then dragging the anchor out. And uh, yeah, so they were up eight going into the Red Series before the break. I think they were up by eight, went three of four, went in four up, and now they're seven up after the sweep. Yeah. After the sweep, and I think uh, I think it, it it says something about this team. It says something about this team's pitching, um, yeah. and the fact that the bats are waking up. Um, I like Urias at third. Um, he has been hitting better. Adamas is on fire. Wong, yeah. it's good to have him back. Um, yeah. Tellus, sure, is a guy. <laughs> Wait till Vogelbach gets back or whatever else is yeah. going to happen there. But Tellus is just a guy. Are we, are we trading for the guy from the Orioles? That was in the home run derby. Just say yes. Know, we'll... <laughs> um, just and can we can we have a relevant first? We haven't. I mean, speaking of just destitution as Wisconsin fans, how about first base for the Brewers outside oh, of Prince was... Fielder? And uh, oh shoot, who was jo- the... and, jo- and, and Johnny Jaha, Richie oh, Sexton? Jaha. Yeah, Richie Sexton. That's what I was saying. It's like. Some of those guys. BJ, BJ Surhoff after he couldn't catch anymore. Wasn't Burnett the first baseman? Uh, no. Yeah. I'm trying to think if he played outfield. Right fielder. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I mean, I mean Paul Molitor played first base after he couldn't play third anymore. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure Yount played some first base. I don't <laughs> you know. Think but, I mean, as far oh. as, as far as, as far as just like a good first baseman, we don't, we haven't had one except for Prince Fielder. Well, oh, sorry. The guy that we traded to the Marlins. Oh, yeah. Jesus was pretty good. He's been pretty good this year. Who we're talking about bringing back now. That'd be fabulous. I'm on top of that. Let's let's go go back to that Marlins net one more time and uh, pick another fish out of there and put him in our lineup. And and in a totally like MLB sort of way, too, the Brewers now get three games off in the span of about a week. Like they have today, they'll have next Monday, and they also have Thursday off. Like we just right. had the All Star break, we don't need the days off now. Give them to well, us next month. But but you got to remember, before the All Star break, they played like thirty four out of thirty five days. It was yeah. some ridiculous number. Remember that we talked about that like two weeks ago. It was like, yeah. are the Brewers going to get a day off? Oh yeah, the All Star break and then some. Yeah, and then they get they're going to be playing some uh, AL Central stuff coming up here. So they get the Royals for two. The last time they played the Royals, they got swept in a two-game set. Uh, but this time they'll be—they won't be at Kaufman. They'll be up at uh, the MFAM Clam. Then they'll get the uh, White Sox at home. I have not heard it called that yet. Have you not? That's been all over. I—I I have not heard it called that. Yeah, um, am I living in a? Am I living under a clam? I don't know. <laughs> the MFAM Clam. That's a—that is a thing. I did not invent love that. I, Wendy has been using it. that as well. So I love know it. it's, Sorry, it's out there. <laughs> Um, then yeah, they get to go on a little road trip. They'll get to face the uh, the Braves, who I still hate, you know, on my father's behalf. And then yeah, well, they got a couple days oh, off in they, August, including they got my birthday. Socks next, Sox, Sox next weekend though, right? Yep, socks. Uh, so yeah, Royals, then socks, uh, White Sox, and then they'll get the I'm Pirates catch, and I'm, Braves. I'm, bat- I'm batching it this weekend. I think I'm going to go catch a game or two. So oh, cool. I, yeah. I I do like that they got the Sunday night game. However, comma, I am not happy. Be that because I was going to go to the Sunday game, and I don't think I'll go to the Sunday game now. So, uh, 
they'll get a the the next one that's like well i mean the playing the the braves at the you know at the end of july going into august 1st that's going to be an, an interesting series too playing in atlanta mm-hmm. uh they've been good they just traded for a couple mm-hmm. of guys from the from the cubs too it looks like but then after they get a little set against the pirates they'll have a, a home series with the giants and that'll be very interesting because the giants and dodgers are the two teams fighting with the brewers for those one and two spots so right now right. the brewers are sitting number two but you know getting a chance to get those giants at home um, yeah, we should get some of them a lot more down the stretch. I'm trying to look God, at what September. is the Giants coming out of nowhere? All like, remember when they were like in every other World Series for a decade? Yeah, every other one for the, the there was a five year stretch where they won every other year. It seemed, um, and and and, and Baumgartner, who we'd never heard of before that one World Series, was the most electric oh. World Series pitcher ever. Yeah. yeah, and this is the only series left against the Giants coming up in August because the Brewers only play the Dodgers once more. They'll play the Dodgers the last series of the year. That's it, hmm. in October for second. Third. I wonder if that's going to come down to something. Hmm. We'll see. That would be interesting. Yeah, the one series against the Giants at home. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There's one on the road, too. So there's there's a road yeah, series against the Giants. For that's an interesting play by the uh, MLB schedule makers putting the Brewers against the Dodgers at the end of the season because that's been – a mini rivalry of sorts in the last five-ish years here. Yeah, so. like the second largest market in all of America and the Brewers. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that's that'll be something. So that's what we'll keep our eyes on going forward there. We'll wrap up just a couple little things here in what we lovingly call our last call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. All right, a couple little things I want to put out here. First off, I guess, let's mention uh, just dates for Packers coming up. Uh, Packers, uh, the 5K run, which is a lot of fun. If anybody hasn't done that, uh, take a look at doing that. It's a really big, big race. You kind of go out and around, and you end. You'll run one lap around the inside of the field, run out and finish the parking lot. It's a cool event the night before because uh, the 5K is on July 24th, and then there's a kid's 1K before that, too, which is a lot of fun. Uh, I've done that a couple times, had my kids run the 1K. They really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. Uh, return to training camp starts uh, July 28th. Family night is scheduled for August 7th. If you haven't already looked these dates up, tickets went on sale on the 14th. So if you haven't been following that, the tickets are available for family night. They might already be gone, is my guess, because <laughs> I I know I can't get there for that. But it's, it is a great night. It's a lot of fun. Just kind of hanging out. There's going to be music. There's going to be acts. There'll be fireworks afterwards. It's a really cool event. Let's see now. Other things. Dana Ratke is coming back for Wisconsin Volleyball. This is actually a couple weeks ago, but we've been kind of packed on things. That's a huge win for Badgers Volleyball, if I think I said volleyball. But, yeah, it's um, she's one of the best. Okay. I was worried I said basketball. The basketball team women's basketball team was terrible this last year. Um, and they, uh, yeah, unfortunately it's just been bad for them and hopefully they can get going with a, a new coach. Dana Racky coming back is huge. Oh, she's a phenomenal player. She's, um, she was on a, a recent, uh, panel talking about the name image and likeness stuff going there. Um, I think she's got a couple little deals going on. She's coming back for her, uh, year next year. Um, the Milwaukee milkmen. If nobody's heard of that, they play in the American Association of Professional Baseball. They are now in first place in the North. They are ahead of the Chicago Dogs. That's great. They die like dogs. No, we will fight like lions. Uh, The Fargo-Moore Redhawks are in third place. The Kane County Cougars uh, fourth, followed by the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. (laughs) That's a weird place to look. And then it's, the it's like Gary South Shore like Rail League, but with washed up uh, MLB players. It's yeah. great. So the Milwaukee Milkmen, uh, they're five games ahead of, no, I'm sorry, 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5 is what I meant to say. <laughs> they're a half game ahead of the Chicago Dogs. Yeah. Well, Tim, Tim Dillard played for the Milkmen, right? Still. Best name, though. Kansas City Monarchs are leading the South Division. That's a great name. Oh, that was, that was the name of the uh, Negro League Negro team. Negro League right? team, yes. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, sweet. Um, Good for them. Just like giving a, a quick outlook here also to Northwoods League, just to throw it out there. Uh, second half is well underway. The first half leaders for each division, the Great Lakes East, the Traverse City, 
pit spitters. Uh, won the first half. Yeah. Fond du Lac Dock Spiders, my favorite team name in uh, in the league. <laughs> the mm-hmm. Dock Spiders. They have a great logo. They win the Great Lakes West for first half. Waterloo Bucks get the Great Plains East and the St. Cloud Rocks, R-O-X. You get the Great Plains West. Mm-hmm. Moving into the second half now, though. Wait, Saint, Saint, what, they're the Rocks now? St. Cloud Rocks, R-O-X. They were, the, they were the River Bats for the longest time, remember? Not anymore, yeah. Oh, uh, the weird. Rocks are still, and the Dock Spiders are still leading in the second half because that's how they have first half, second half. But the Great Lakes East, Traverse City, and second behind you, the Kokomo Jackrabbits. And uh, Great Plains East, the uh, the Duluth Huskies out in front there. So, oh, are they? I was just going to ask how the Duluth Huskies are doing. Yeah, down there so at Old Stadium in the West End. Yeah, yeah. So that's the the second I've, half. I've got many many a Husky games in my day. So yeah, yeah. And that's that's the one I used to do. They used to have a, a double A affiliate up in Duluth, the Duluth Dukes. But okay. uh, um, sees being you can't start playing baseball in Duluth until end of uh, end of May. They decided that's to hard. go with a wood bat league team instead. Anyways, yeah, they got Eau Claire Express and Lacrosse Loggers. Watched a lot of loggers. Uh, sadly, the uh, Wisconsin Rapids Rafters, my my local team, they were three games back at the end of the first half after they had gone on a three-game losing streak. So they finished three games out of first place. First half, they're in last place for the second half of the league. So, yeah, that's not looking great. But just little updates for fun little things around the league. Uh, Aaron, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, we're going to go watch Eau Claire play lacrosse in a baseball game this weekend. Baseball. All maybe, right. Maybe, maybe Rapids will make an appearance. So oh, we're not going to get into that fun talk we were talking about, about quarterbacks and uh, – we go through all those stats and things we were during the pregame. No, we don't have a lot of time to go over that. Our basic thing, we were looking over who was the top <laughs> quarterback picked in each draft and uh, how wrong was everybody, apparently. One thing, though, to remember is that the, the, the quarterbacks that you want to call busts who were, like, the first picked overall, well, they went to crappy teams because it was the team that had the first pick. And you're like, right. oh, Jameis Winston's terrible. You're like, well, you know, he did go to a really bad Buccaneers team, and by the time they kind of added enough people, then they kicked him out. Big difference between right. him and Brady is Brady didn't throw picks. If you just right. – all you did basically was subtract 30, well, 25, 30 picks from that season, and, yeah, they were a playoff team. <laughs> yeah, they were because they had all the – well, what, what spawned the conversation too is because I told John in a in – a, in a, uh, I was – doing some deep diving on Trevor Lawrence and I like Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a very good football player. He was very good at Clemson. He's a generational talent, college talent. And, uh, I said, um, he's going to be Alex Smith, uh, in the league. I really think he is going to, because he's going to a Jags team and the Jags put all their money into urban Meyer, who, while being a good college quarter, good college coach was also a flaky college coach. And And none uh, of his quarterbacks turned into pro quarterbacks. Yeah, bailed, really. bailed out of every bad situation as soon as he couldn't handle the heat anymore and had health issues, quote-unquote. Um, but uh, still seems to mind manage to land a head coaching job two years later every single time. And immediately And so what I brought up to John was, how many of these like top quarterbacks coming out of college end up being the top quarterbacks at the end of the day? And so you know, some would argue that the top three quarterbacks in the league, um, Mahomes, uh Brady's, Rogers, we'll do Russ Wilson. I mean, yeah, no. except for Mahomes, well, Mahomes and Rogers were both first round picks, but they weren't highly touted first round picks. There was other people. As a matter of fact, the the Chiefs thought that Mahomes was a reach, you know. So the last time we had a unanimous like number one overall pick, and it wasn't even really unanimous because some people wanted Ryan Leaf, but it was Peyton Manning that ended up being the number one quarterback the league for a while and some would even argue that he didn't because he had to play against uh, tom brady a whole bunch and so um you know maybe he was it for for periods of time he was number one in the league but uh yeah it was just and me and john started like deep diving now some of the some of the people that um could be candidates going forward here because i said like even now just like in the recent draft years like herbert out in san diego is looking LA. to maybe be the best quarterback going forward a bear as you will. L.A. And then 
<laughs> oh, sorry, Sandy. The Chargers, if you will. But uh, John brought up that John uh, Joe Burrow is going to be a good quarterback, probably, and I good. agreed with that. And he was the consensus number one coming out of LSU after that uh, national championship a couple years ago. Um, hopefully, his knee holds up. Probably will. Um, and so, uh, I mean, and this year's was Justin Fields the first? Court? No, Trevor Lawrence was. Yeah. So there you go. You know, and so it's just like, and it seems like a lot of these quarterbacks that are picked. Not first, <laughs> you know. I would say who's. Uh, so we were talking about the Bills. Uh, who was picked before um, uh, Josh, Josh Allen? Yeah, Josh Allen. Uh, it was uh, Baker Mayfield, and I've moved on. I'm, I'm looking through so many of these different years here. Uh, Dan, Daniel, Daniel, uh, Danny was, Dimes. Uh, the right. for, yeah, Danny Dimes from the Giants. Right, that was the two that were picked before yeah. him. Right. Yeah. And so, and, and then we also talked about. Um, uh, Baltimore Ravens quarterback um, Lamar Jackson, the, who was the last pick. Lamar in the first Jackson, round. he was the last pick in the first round, um, behind a whole bunch of other quarterbacks. And so, yeah, so me and John kind of deep dived on that one. So, if you want to hit us up, I'm at Cheddar Talk. John's at <laughs> Not So Humble Host, and uh, we okay. have, of course, the Ask Johnny Johnny podcast. If you can think of a quarterback that uh, prove us wrong, but like I, I want to say, like other than Manning. Other than Manning, who's like the top quarterback coming out of college? Who isn't just a total bust? Well, not least, not not a total not a total bust, but like never lives up to expectation. Or it's yeah, you wouldn't have been just better off trading back and picking up picks and then getting the the third quarterback in that draft. <laughs> yes, and and please don't say Trubisky because we know you're just lying. Yeah, you're messing <laughs> to, with us. Then. To to you and your Yes. All right. Thank you again for joining remember, us this remember, week, everybody. Remember, remember, Trubisky makes as much as Tim Boyle does now. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's, it's wonderful to have everybody back again. Uh, we'll, we'll be back here next week, and we'll have we'll have something to talk about. We're, we're hoping. We're really hoping. Um, so whew, let's go Bucks. Either, either Bucks in six, Bucks in seven, and the Brewers keep rolling, or Brewers are on a six-game <laughs> yeah. losing streak, yeah, and that. the Bucks lost the championship. Yeah, we'll see. Two. I don't mean one of those two. All right, everybody. Thanks again for joining us. It's been a wonderful week. We're hoping to have another wonderful week next week. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it's always on Wisconsin. In your face, Milwaukee. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.